you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Psalm chapter 63. This is a Psalm of David. Uh, in my Bible, in the, the title marker, it says a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. The occasion of this Psalm was one of two things when either David had been driven from Jerusalem because of King Saul chasing him and wanting to take his life, or either when he had been driven from Jerusalem by the rebellion of Absalom, his own son. Whether it's either one of those situations, David finds himself in the wilderness. David finds himself away from Jerusalem, David finds himself away from the house of God. And we pick up with these words, O God, thou art my God. David begins by realizing that the Lord's just not a God, and not even that he's the God, although he is the God, the only God, but he says, thou art my God. We're able, David is able to call God his God because he is a possession of God. In Psalms chapter 23, the psalmist David, this great shepherd king David, the same one that was blessed to pen this verse, would say, the Lord is my shepherd. The reason that David was able to say, the Lord is my shepherd is because he is the Lord's sheep. And because he's the Lord's sheep, he's able to say, thou art my shepherd. Here he's able to say, thou art my God. The Lord has loved us with an everlasting love even before time ever began. And he chose us. He loved us and chose us in Christ. We are his possession. We are his people. Therefore, when we call unto God, no matter where we are in life, and David is right here in a, in a difficult spot. He's in a wilderness land. But wherever he is, he's able to call on the name of God. God is always present and he's never absent. So wherever we find ourselves in our life, we're able to do like David did and says, Oh God, thou art my God. He said, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth. For thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. David said, early will I seek thee. I believe that means a couple of things. 
I think it means that David said, as soon as I get up, that word early has the connotation of the dawn. And David in one sense is saying, Lord, when I get up in the morning, the first thing I want to do is to seek thee. Early will I seek thee. And I'm going to tell you, my day goes a lot better if the first thing I do when I get up is to early seek the Lord. To spend time in prayer. To spend time in his word. To meditate upon him. My whole day goes much better when I seek him early. But I'm going to tell you, I believe David also has in mind, it's, it's a blessing to seek God in the dawn of our lives. In the early part of our lives. You know, if we look at what Solomon would say in the book of Ecclesiastes, you know, Solomon tried everything of the world to be happy. Everything that the world has to offer, Solomon tried it. Riches, knowledge, the pleasures of this world, he tried it all. And he said, and all those things of the world is vanity and vexation, it's emptiness. We've seen a lot of folks in Hollywood go down that road. The folks in Hollywood have everything that this world says will make you happy. They have riches. They have fame. They have the attention of the world. They can get on TV and say anything and somehow they're going to make the news. But yet, though they have everything the world has to offer, they find themselves empty. They find themselves resorting to use drugs or alcohol or anything they can find to fill the emptiness within them, but it does not fill. So what would Solomon say? What would his advice be after he had tried all these things of the world and in them found emptiness and vanity? What would his advice be? At the very end of the book of Ecclesiastes, in the last chapter, he would say, Remember, now thy creator, in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw not, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. He said, Remember now thy creator, in the days of thy youth. You know, and David was blessed to do that. You know, when one of the main famous parts of the scripture uh, that we so well know about David was when he went against the great giant Goliath. David was young. But yet he was serving the Lord in his youth. He was willing to fight for the king of Israel when he was young. And what a blessing. Even before God 
bless David to have that great and that wondrous victory over the mighty giant Goliath. He had already been blessed to save some little sheep. And that is a great picture of the Lord Jesus. Because David tells of a time when he goes up to King Saul and said, I'll go and fight the giant. And King Saul says, David, you're just a boy. And Goliath's been fighting since he was a boy. And David would tell King Saul, he said, there was a day, O king, when I was keeping my father's sheep. And a lion came and, and got one of my father's sheep and I went out and I slew that lion and I got my sheep and I brought him back home. He told another time when a, when a bear came and got one of his father's sheep and David said, I went out and I slew that bear and I got my father's sheep and I brought him back home. You see, David loved the sheep and he was willing to risk his life for the sheep. In that he's a great picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, our great shepherd king, who not only risked his life for the sheep, but freely laid down his life for us on the cross of Calvary because he loved us that much. David sought the Lord when he was young. He was called a man after God's own heart. Now I'm going to tell you it's a blessing when we're able to seek the Lord when we're young. I was recently, or just last week, was trying to preach a meeting in White, Georgia. That church has many young families with very uh, young children in them. Uh, babies and toddlers and then the five to ten years old. And it was a blessing as I pulled up at the meeting house to see little five-year-old boys sweeping off the porch. At lunch, I would see very small ones wiping off all the tables as soon as we ate. And it's a blessing. And I've seen the blessing of that here as parents raise up and bring up their children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And children are blessed to serve the Lord and to serve His people when they're young. What a blessing. What a blessing. Early will I seek thee David said, my soul thirsted for thee. My soul, my, my inner being longs and thirsts for thee, O God. Reminds me of what it says in Psalms chapter 42, which said, as the heart or as the deer panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? You know, there's not many things, physical desires we have that are more intense than that of thirst. When we are really, really thirsty, we're going to do our best to quench that thirst. It is a very strong craving. It's a very strong desire. It's a very strong longing. 
and David finds himself in a wilderness, he finds himself in a dry land, he finds himself in a thirsty land. You know, the children of Israel, when God brought them out of bondage in Egypt, they, they found themselves in a dry land, in a thirsty land. You know, this world we live in is a dry land. It's a thirsty <coughs> land. And you know, we have different responses that we can have when we're in a dry land or a thirsty land. One of the responses of the children of Israel in the wilderness was to murmur and complain. They murmured and complained against Moses, and they even murmured and complained against God. But you know, Moses' response was different. He was in the same dry and thirsty land. I'm sure he was just as thirsty as the other folks. But he poured out his heart unto God and said, Lord, you're the only one that has what I need. Lord, my soul thirsted for thee. My soul longeth for thee. See, there's a part of us as born-again children of God. There's a longing within us. There's a thirst within us that's a strong, strong desire. It's a strong, strong longing, and it's a longing for thee. It's a longing for the Lord, and the Lord is the only one that can fill that emptiness. The Lord is the only one that can quench that thirst. The Lord is the only one that can fill the emptiness that we feel in the dry and the thirsty land. He said, my soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. What was to quench the thirst of the children of Israel in the wilderness? It was a rock. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the apostle Paul, in writing unto the church at Corinth, would say, for they drank, of that spiritual rock which followed them and that rock was Christ. Christ is the one that can quench the thirst of our longing soul. He's the one and the only one that can quench the desire of the flesh that longeth for thee, as the scripture says. You know, if we look in Romans chapter 7, we'll see where the Apostle Paul lays out there's a warfare going on in each one of us as born-again children of God. We've got that inward man that wants to serve the Lord, that wants to please the Lord, that wants to follow the Lord, that has that intense longing for the Lord. And then we got that old fleshly Adam nature that wants to do what we want to do. And the Apostle Paul talks about that as a warfare. And we're in that warfare every day. When it says here, my flesh 
longeth for thee. I don't think it's talking about that old sinful uh, outward man per se, but I think it's talking about uh, even aspects of our physical uh, being, or literally our flesh, not our sinful part of our flesh that wars against the good inward man, the Lord that's put within us, but just our flesh itself yearns for things that only the Lord can give. Our soul yearns for spiritual things that only the Lord can give. But I'm going to tell you, even from a physical standpoint, the Lord takes care of us. Heard it pray many times, Brother Troy Jacks. I don't think I ever heard him pray. We didn't quote this verse in the prayer. He said, yet have I never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. We're to pray to the Lord, according to the example of the Lord Jesus Christ, give us this day our daily bread. The physical food that we're blessed to eat is a blessing from the Lord. The physical drink that we're blessed to drink is a blessing from the Lord. The clothes that we're able to wear, the shelter we're able to have, those physical things that our flesh needs are blessings from the Lord. And David realizes, Lord, those things I need physically, I realize they come from thee. And Lord, those things I need spiritually, the longing of my soul, I realize they come from thee. And he calls upon God. It reminds me of what the Lord Jesus would say in John chapter 7 as he talks about his soul thirsting. The Lord Jesus on the, in John chapter 7 would say something remarkable. It was on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. It was on the last day of another name for it would be the Feast of Engad. It was a feast that was really to remind the children of Israel of their wanderings in the wilderness, in that dry, in that thirsty land where they lived in booths or, or tent-like dwellings. It was a feast that really there were a couple of things to it. One thing was water. And in part of the daily worship services and daily ceremonies and the Feast of Tabernacles, part of that would be a pouring out of water. And the Lord Jesus in the midst of this feast, on the, the last day of the feast, they had been doing this for seven days. And that, that feast was a time where literally the children of Israel would dwell in these booths. They wouldn't be in their houses. They would dwell in these booths and they would be close together and it was a 
a time of great visitation. It was a time of, of togetherness with their fellow Israelites. There was a time where they would have focused on the blessings of God. The harvest had already come in and they had seen the great bounty and the great blessing that the Lord had given them. And they've been doing this for seven days. We rejoiced in the blessed meeting we were blessed to have at the end of January when we were in a three-day meeting where we were blessed to worship the Lord together for three days. We were blessed to fellowship with our brethren and sisters in Christ for three, three days. And I'll tell you, uh, I felt a lot more like the Lord at the end of those three days than I did when the meeting started. As we were blessed to be not only in each other's presence as the Israel, the new Israel of God, God's chosen people, but we were blessed to be with the Lord himself. God came and blessed us with his presence. Now in this feast, they had been doing this for seven days. And they had been blessed to see the emblem of the water being poured out from the pool of Siloam. And the Lord Jesus would say this in John 7, 37. In the last day, the seventh day, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. Jesus was in the midst. Jesus was there. And I'll tell you, he made his presence known. And I'm going to tell you in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, sometimes Jesus stands up in the midst of the congregation and in a special way, he makes his presence known. Amen. And we can feel his presence in a special way. He said in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst." Let him come unto me and drink. He tells them the real thirst for your souls can only be filled by one, and that is me. He's the one that's able to quench the longing soul that thirsts for him and for his presence. He said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. By this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So he says, He that believeth on me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. We don't have to guess what this water is because he told us by this faith he of the Spirit, which should afterward, listen, afterward be given. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So let's first of all say what this is not talking about. 
It's not talking about the new birth. The Lord's been borning again His people from the very beginning of time. What Jesus is talking about here was afterward. It was a special blessing of the Spirit, but it's not the new birth. The new birth had been going on from the beginning of time, even to now. The Lord Jesus, earlier in the book of John, would say the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. He's talking there of those that are dead and trespasses and sins, that Jesus with his life-giving voice gives life. And he said, that's been going on, and it's going on now. Now, Jesus is talking about something that's going to happen when Jesus is glorified. He's talking about a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Those that believe, it says, he that believeth on me. Now, someone that's blessed to be able to believe on the Lord Jesus is somebody that's already been born again by the Holy Spirit of God. That's why they're able to believe. So this is for born-again children of God. He said, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You know, the Holy Spirit of God that God has put within us, we're sealed by that Holy Spirit when we're blessed to believe the gospel. And as we believe the truth of the Lord Jesus and realize that our eternal salvation is in Him and through Him and by Him alone, that Holy Spirit of God just wells up. And we ask the Lord, when we come to the meeting house, Lord, please bless us with a special outpouring and blessing of thy Holy Spirit. We're not asked to be born again. We're already born again. We wouldn't have that desire. But we yearn for that Holy Spirit, for that living water that only the Lord can give. And the Lord's blessed, has blessed us abundantly when we feel the outpouring of his Spirit. He says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water on the one that believes in what Christ has done. And I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit that the Lord has blessed us with, that we're blessed to drink of his living waters, and we're blessed to drink of the Holy Spirit that he's given that fills us up, it's a blessing to others. Question. Are we more of a blessing to others at the beginning of a worship service or at the end of a worship service? At the beginning of a three-day meeting, when we're still coming in and trying to get the things of the world off of our mind, or at the end of it? When we've been blessed to be in the presence of our Lord, our Savior, our Master, and our Redeemer for three days. When we've been blessed to for three days drink, as Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And in the presence of our Lord, we're able to drink of His Holy Spirit that fills us up overflowing 
You see, the folks in that condition, when the Lord blesses us to be in that condition, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. Because you see, our cup has overflowed and the Lord continues to bless and His Spirit continues to flow. So out of our belly flows rivers of living water. You know, that's a blessing to us personally. But it's also a blessing to others. What is flowing out of somebody when the Spirit of God is flowing out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water? I think Galatians chapter 5 describes it well when he tells us what the fruit, ninefold fruit of the Spirit are. He said the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy, it's peace, it's long-suffering, it's gentleness, it's goodness, it's faith, it's meekness, it's temperance. And when I see that Holy Spirit and those fruit of the Holy Spirit of God flowing out of your belly, it's a tremendous blessing to me. And we can be a blessing to each other. You know, the scripture tells us we're to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I literally, I'm a very pictorial thinker. When I, when I think about the spirit going out of our belly, I literally picture that in my mind. <laughs> and if the, if the Holy Spirit of God is coming out of my belly and I'm walking. What am I walking in? The Spirit. When we rejoice in what the Lord has done, when we yearn for His presence and we're blessed to drink of that spiritual rock that follows us and that rock is Christ. You see, the same Lord that loved the children of Israel in the wilderness is the same Lord that loves me. And he's the same Lord that loves you. And as he followed them in the wilderness, listen, little child of God, he'll follow you in the wilderness that you're in in 2024. No matter how dry the land is, no matter how thirsty it is, he'll be with thee. He'll follow thee. And he'll give you the dream that your soul needs. What a blessing. What a blessing. We can be a blessing to one another. Imagine each one in the congregation here today. Imagine out of our bellies flow rivers of living water. And the closer I get to you, the more the belly of living waters that's coming out of you is a blessing to me. The closer you are to me, whatever bellies of living waters coming out of me is a blessing to you. And we're blessed in a Savior's life. But the original source is the Lord. Remember when he said, if any man thirsts, he didn't say, 
uh, come unto everybody. He said, come unto me and drink. Right. So I'm going to tell you the blessings we have inside of us is because we've been blessed to drink of the Lord, of that spiritual rock that follows us. And what we drink of him can then be a blessing to others. We go back to Psalms chapter 63. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Nobody really enjoys being in a dry and a thirsty land. That's not an enjoyable place to be. But I'm going to tell you the longing that we feel for the Lord in the dry and thirsty land is a good longing. So sometimes the difficult times of life, the dry and the thirsty lands of life, though we really don't want to be there, the longing for the Lord we feel in those difficult days when we're made to know, Lord, all I need has to come from me. Lord, I have nothing of my own. But Lord, what my flesh longs for, what my soul longs for, Lord, can only come from thee. And we're made to feel how helpless we are. Me and Brother Paul have had this conversation before where we talk about uh, how much farmers realize that they're dependent on what only the Lord can give. You know, we're all dependent on what only what the Lord can give, but sometimes farmers can have a, a great realization of that because they know if the rain doesn't come, their crops won't grow. They know if the sun doesn't shine, things won't grow up, and there's a great understanding and realization that we are totally and completely Dependent on God. What's he longing for? He goes on to describe it more. To see thy power and thy glory. So have I seen thee where? In the sanctuary. He's out in the wilderness and he said, Lord, I want to see thy power. I want to see thy glory. And he remembers where he saw it before. In the sanctuary. In the holy place. In the house of God. He said, that's where I've seen thy glory before. In the house of God. That's where I've seen thy power before. In the house of God. How is it with you? Little child of God. Have you seen his glory in the house of God? Have you seen his power 
in the house of the Lord. There's no better place to find him. David would write in another place, he'd say one thing, Psalms 27, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may behold the, let me go there, I'm not getting the quote right. I want to get it right. The word of God's too precious. And I can get to it right here. <laughs> Psalms chapter 27, verse 4. He said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after. That's a magnificent statement because David was king. He was responsible for an entire country. He was responsible for the security and for the business of the nation of Israel. He had a lot on his plate. But he wasn't distracted with those things. Because he said it really goes back to the one thing. Are we ever distracted? Do we ever let the many things of life in this dry and thirsty land keep us from the one thing that matters most? I've been guilty of that. He said, one thing have I desired. That word desire means to ask or to beg. One thing have I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire his temple. He said, I want to behold his beauty. Where have I seen his beauty? In the house of the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's no part of the Lord that's not beautiful. There's no part of the Lord that's not altogether lovely, as Song of Solomon would say. He said, I've been blessed to behold, to fix my eyes on the beauty of the Lord in the house of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Inquire means to ask questions. You know, the best place to get our question answered is in the house of the Lord. It's not in man's opinion polls. Because usually men get things wrong. But the Lord, in his word and in his truth, always gets stuff right. Notice not only that David had said, Early will I seek thee. I want to seek thee when I'm. Early in the day, I want to seek thee when I was young. He said, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He said, Lord, I don't ever want to leave. Lord, I began to worship thee early. Lord, I want to worship thee all the days of my life. I always want to be in the house of the Lord. He said, I've seen thee in the great congregation because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I'll 
lift up my hands in thy name. You see that phrase mentioned a few places in the Bible and it was a lifting up of the hands was in praise to God. It was in prayer to God. And it was almost like when I pray to God, I'm expecting a blessing and my hands are outstretched to receive it. Aren't you thankful for the Lord's loving kindness? <laughs> that he loves us so much and he shows us that love every single day that we live. He said, thy loving kindness is better than life. You know, the apostle Paul would say, writing to the church at Corinth, or excuse me, the church at Philippi, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, some people wander around life really not knowing what their purpose is. You know, we hear that old phrase, well, they went to find themselves. What that really means that the grassroots of it is they don't know what their purpose in life is. Right. But our purpose in life is to bring honor and glory and praise unto the one that showed such loving kindness for us. He said, thy loving kindness is better than life. He's really saying what my whole life is about is realizing and praising God for the great loving kindness he's shown to me every day. David went through some tough times. But he never forgot to praise the Lord. He said, thus will I bless thee while I live. I'll lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow, fatness. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I meditate... When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches because thou hast been my help. Therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. He said, my soul satisfied with thee. See what Solomon found out was all the things of the world leave you empty. They don't satisfy that's what the folks in Hollywood find out. But I'll tell you what David found out, that what we have in the house of the Lord is marrow and fatness. It's bounty, and it's something that will fill you up. And your cup can overflow in wonder and praise. He said, I'm going to think about you. I'm going to remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. He said, I want to think about you early in the day. But when I go to bed at night, I still want to be meditating on thee. I want to start my day with you, Lord, and I want to end my day with you. Because thou hast been my help. There's no better help than the Lord. You know, I've talked to employers all over the place, and we've seen it in the probation office where or a pool of applicants for jobs that's so much smaller. The old phrase, good help, is hard to find. That's a true phrase. 
But I'll tell you, a help. It's always good. It's always just what we need. It always comes at just the right time. It's the help of our Lord. He knows you better than even the closest people you know in this life. He knows me better. And he has to help your soul needs right now. He knows exactly the help you need and that I need. Thou has been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of thy ways, will I rejoice. He's painting the picture here of a mother eagle that will protect her young. And no matter what enemy may be close, that mother eagle will put those little eagles, her little baby eagles, under her wings and protect them. I've seen eagles do battles with snakes. I've seen eagle, eagles do battle with all kinds of enemies of their little flock. And I'll tell you, I never want to tangle with a mother eagle. She protects her young. Deuteronomy even talks about how she'll place her young on her shoulders. And she'll fly to the high places of the And there on her wings, they'll see things they never thought they'd seen before. That's the protection of our Lord. That's what we're blessed to see in our Lord. I pray I'd always seek Him and seeking early. I pray in this dry and thirsty land, I do like David said and say, Oh God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. And I do that all the days of my life, never forgetting that his loving kindness is better than life. That he loved us before the foundation of the world. That he sent his only begotten son to suffer and bleed and die for us. That he's washed all of our sins in his own precious blood. And that one sweet day, he's coming back to get us again, to take us home to be with him in heaven and a moment of glory. His loving kindness is better than life and he's given us everlasting life. One sweet day, we'll see his glory in the most clear way we ever thought imaginable because now we see through a glass darkly, but then we'll see him face to face. We'll see him as he is. My God, it's so gracious, my friend.